Good afternoon, good morning to some of you, um, and welcome to this Triangles webinar for Monday, October the 17th, 2022. It's very good to see there are 118, now 119 of us in the group, and I'm sure that that will quietly creep up. So it's just a good sense of all of those of us from all around the world who are linking together in this work. Let's just... Um, pause for a moment of silence and then we can work together with the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So my name is Steve Nation and I'm very happy to be your host today. As most of you know, these regular weekly Triangles webinars have two major goals, both of which are aimed to strengthen the planetary network. First, it's an opportunity to introduce new people to Triangles and hopefully stimulate the formation of new Triangles. So I do hope that there's some new folks joining us today and listening in to see what this is all about. And second, the purpose of these webinars is to create a space where existing Triangle members can come together to share in a meditative visualization in support of the Triangle's work as a whole, and to hear reflections and share ideas about world service through the power of thought from all sorts of different Triangle's workers and different voices. Today's broadcast is going to be focused on the theme belonging delving into the reflections on what it means in today's world to belong with others as part of a group that shares a common sense of meaning and purpose, and about the role that this sense of belonging plays in subjective service projects like Triangles. But as usual, we're going to begin with some introductory remarks about Triangles for Newcomers, followed by some thoughts on group service through radiation, then we'll work with a visualization, which regular participants in this webinar are already familiar with. And th this will be followed by a talk by Jen Louie, who manages the Lucis Publishing Company in New York. So if you are new to Triangles, welcome. This is the place for you. Triangles Network is made up of individuals from around the planet who come from different spiritual backgrounds and share a common belief that meditation, prayer, and invocation have a unique and potent role to play in creating a better world. Any three people who are willing to work together to invoke energies of light and goodwill as a service to humanity can form a triangle. To do this, the three need to agree to Lincoln thought every day, visualizing themselves as a triangle of light and to use the great invocation. Through time, through daily practice, each triangle becomes alive and a functioning unit in a global network of active living triangles. 
the lighted energies of divinity are invoked and visualized as flowing out from each triangle through the whole global network and into the world of human consciousness, strengthening all that is good and true and beautiful in the world and nourishing the light and goodwill that already exists in human affairs. The network has been built over many decades and it can be envisaged as a strong, well-established, potent structure in the etheric or energetic body of humanity. One of the joys of the triangle's work is that it provides an opportunity to begin to see and experience something of the essential quality of light that radiates through the core eye, the divine self of your two co-workers. After all, each one of us is different and unique, and each triangle worker brings their own lighted qualities. Each is in their own process of bringing these lighted qualities into expression through the quality of their thinking, through their relationships, and through their presence in the world, what we might think of as their radiation. Visualizing the individual flickering lights of one's triangle's partners day by day and year by year, and actively working in service with these lights and entering the livingness of the triangle, a deepening naturally occurs in the nature of the relationship. The triangle becomes a building block for group work and a place to practice what it means to be part of a group that carries light, that holds and radiates qualities of light. We can think of light as pure and essential. Yet in spiritual work, there are different qualities of light. The numinous light that can shine through our higher thoughts, the light of intuition, the light of love, and so on. And as one works with invocation, the light that can be seen in one's triangle partners, in the triangle itself, and in the network of triangles, becomes filled with a higher light that comes from what is referred to in the great invocation as the masters, the great ancestors, the higher lighted beings honored in all spiritual teachings and universal spiritual religious faiths. If you're new to this approach to planetary service, you might like to consider forming a triangle, or if you're already a member of triangles, you might consider forming another because the more people who participate with care and focus, the more spiritual energy is released into our world. There's information on the Triangles website, which is at www.triangles.org, about how to form a triangle. There's also a section there where you can form a triangle online by entering your details and inviting others to contact you to form a triangle. Or you can enter a request in the chat box during the webinar today and others on the call might agree to form a triangle with you. If you have any questions about triangles, please don't hesitate to ask these in the chat box or to ask them in the discussion period towards the end of the call. So let's just pause for a moment now and work together with a simple visualization. 
Imagine yourself to be the soul, the divine self, or your essential Buddha nature, a radiant center of light and love. And in your mind's eye, see your closest spiritual companions as similarly radiant centers of light and love. Imagine that you are linked together on subtle levels as triangles of light. And imagine these triangles as part of a network linking all points of light in the world. A network of lighted triangles. And now visualize lighted loving energies flowing through the global network from the mind of God, the heart of God, and from that center where the will of God is known. Pouring through the network, these higher energies. And imagine the effect that these energies have, enlivening all who are treading a spiritual path, flowing through small groups of servers everywhere on the planet, out into the broad consciousness of humanity, carrying hope, vision, and inspiration Restoring the natural love of humanity with its accompanying spirit of companionship and will to serve, flowing through all cultures and peoples, all kingdoms of nature and all elements of life. Today, Jen Louie, a triangles worker who manages the Lucis Publishing Company in New York, is going to speak, be speaking about what it means for the mind and brain of an individual seeker to have a sense of being part of a group mind, to truly belong to a group of souls with shared purpose. Those who participate in triangles are part of such a group. We're also used to thinking from the perspective of our own lives, our own spiritual path, with all its challenges, opportunities, crises, 
and joys as we navigate the circumstances of life and become enmeshed in webs of relationship. So much of the path is about our learning to stand in the light of a higher self and to be able to reflect that light into and through our personal incarnated bodies, through our bodies of mind and heart and radiating out from there through the emanations of our subtle physical bodies. This is the work that each one of us has to do with and for ourselves. Of course, no one else can do it for us. And it's work that will never end. Yet as we begin to call on the higher lights of our own souls, we will sooner or later find that our sense of treading our own private, intimate spiritual journey begins to incorporate something of a group identity that is so central to the life of the soul. And as the personal self reaches into this group identity, our thinking begins to shift, becoming increasingly concerned with wider issues larger than our own personal path. Issues where the soul group, our real true essential group, is engaged in its redemptive work. The self-forgetfulness that comes from this group work brings with it a liberation from absorption in the dramas of one's personal spiritual path. And yet the personal path never ends. It's the nature of the soul to be group oriented with a shared purpose and a shared role to play in the grand mythological drama of humanity and the earth, passing through an initiatory transition from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age. It's all very well though to have a clear map and a clear picture of this process, but what does it mean for us as human beings, embedded in time and space, each with our own narrative, with our own karmic processes working out, each immersed to some degree in veils of glamour and illusion. Triangles is such a wonderful opportunity for us to work together and experiment with thinking as if we are part of an invocative group mind. A mind so much larger than each one of us are involved with individually, invoking higher spiritual impressions and radiating the energies received by the grid of triangles, radiating them out as energies of light and goodwill that freely flow into the atmosphere of human thinking and being and doing. So with those few thoughts, let's move now into our meditation work and then we'll follow that with Chen's talk, and then there'll be time for discussion and reflection together. So first, let's, let's integrate together as a group all of us together on this call. Focus ourselves as a group on the mental plane at the center of the even armed cross of discipleship. 
and Lincoln thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world working with this triangles meditation group. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize that triangle which you're working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love underlying and infusing the network. And now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and who also stands at the heart of each triangle. Imagine the group mind being open and receptive to this inpouring energy of love.
Visualize energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around and through the triangles network from point to point and flowing out through the grid into the hearts and minds of all people everywhere. Imagine these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. And now sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. And imagine new triangles being formed in all the regions of the world. And to distribute the energies, sound the great invocation. 
As you either think through or sound repeat each stanza, visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and the world of the human, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose are flowing into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. And now we're going to hear from Jen. Jen, are you there? Can you hear me, Steve? I can hear you beautifully. There we are. All right. Greetings, everyone. Great to be back here. So, <clears throat> what does it mean to work within a group? to willingly lend our focused intent to a greater energy. We know that the power of a group is a factual thing. On its most basic level, the power of a group can be seen in group events like sports or concerts or religious gatherings. And energy is created made of the dominant intention present. 
we can very easily be swept into this energy and in doing this, add our energy to the constantly growing form. Mass hysteria is a term possibly inspired by the more unruly of some events when a wave of chaotic intention flows over all the individuals present and sweeps them up with its very strong current. But let's take a step further and consider a more personal experience of sharing a group mind. If you're a parent, you have most likely had instances of an unexplained knowing regarding your child. You could be hundreds of miles apart, but know without doubt that something is wrong. Then when you check in with your child, you likely found that something was indeed wrong. How does this happen? Is it some kind of magic? And does it only happen to people who are special in some way? Our human physiology goes much deeper than we give it credit for. <clears throat> All humans have this ability to connect with another using only the faculty of the mind. Since we've likely all experienced this phenomenon, let's say that we accept the fact that this human ability exists. So then the question could be asked, to what end? This is the question which humanity is now in a place to consider. The world has grown, boundaries have been made, cultures have been created, and we are fast becoming isolated from each other. If it is a fact that two people can connect through the mind, it would be a fact that a million people using their minds to focus on a single thing could have a noticeable scale tipping impact on the tangible world, no matter the culture, boundaries, or proximity to each other. If this is a true thing, what would we like to create? What are we in need of? The Triangles Group happens to be a perfect example of how to use this power of mind. We know what we want to create. We are using our thoughts to create a new pattern of energy. We're also using specific words and invocation to give our thoughts more focus. As we create the energy of the triangle, we keep in mind that if we include the use of the great invocation to add that extra power to our amassed thoughts, our intent will be raised to align with the intent of the invocation. This is not limiting. It is identifying. It is smart. It is direct magnetic guidance, which could be expressed in any one of a million greater good phrases, which mirror the intentions of the great invocation. Like attracts like. But let's look at all this from a human mechanics point of view for a minute. According to healthybrains.org, our brain is a three pound universe that processes 70,000 thoughts each day using 100 billion neurons that connect at more than 500 trillion points through synapses that travel 300 miles an hour. 
The signals that travel through these interconnected neurons form the basis of memories, thoughts, and feelings. The mind, which has been referred to as the brain's functional product, evolves to be a kind of map of each human's relation to its physical environment. All this being so, would it surprise us to find that thoughts have shape and weight? Thoughts are energy signals, and the energy transmitting a thought has mass. The mass would be a very small number, but it would not be zero. The brain is an electrical machine creating thousands and thousands of sparks of consciousness throughout the course of a single day. If we are in purposeful sync with other minds also creating sparks, might we merge those sparks so they grow into a bigger and bigger source of energy, of light? If our individual thoughts have mass, millions of minds connected would have millions of times that mass, so millions of times that electric spark. One has to wonder what kind of impact that might have were the intent and focus of the sparks very clear. This ability to create by combining the energy of our minds is not magic. It is our deeper physiology. Triangles is an application of this group mind. We start as individuals. We move outward to join two others then move outward again to join millions, creating a web of minds united by intention, invocation, and power. Triangles is perhaps a training ground for many of us. Here's where we first learn to lend our individual power of mind to a good which is greater than ourselves, the creation of a thriving global web of life but envision a world in the near future where we are willing and ready to add our power of mind to the regeneration of some current aspect of global need. Imagine millions of people joining together at a specific time, focusing on an agreed upon outcome and extending millions of watts of power toward the creation of that intended outcome. Imagine the power generated by such an act, a sky full of mind energy being sent to solve a problem. This is not science fiction. This is us now. We are just on the verge of fully understanding this science of group mind. In the meantime, we have been offered assurance by those wise individuals who are a little further along the upward moving spiral, that we are right to seek this path, that we truly must seek this path. We must move forward with a commitment to strengthen this power of mind. Its power is birthright. Its power is responsibility and its very existence is fast becoming key to our flourishing as a race. This is a poem by Ala Renee 
those are. And it's called belonging. The small plot of ground on which you were born cannot be expected to stay forever the same. Earth changes and home becomes different places. You took flesh from clay, but the clay did not come from just one place. To feel alive, important, and safe, know your own waters and hills, but no more. You have stars in your bones and oceans in your blood. You have opposing terrain in each eye. You belong to the land and sky of your first cry. You belong to infinity. There we go, Steve. Wow, Jen, thank you for that. That was just beautiful. There's so much in that and what you've said. That's a wonderful poem. Isn't so what's the name of Ala Rene Bozarth? Ala Rene Bozarth, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just put her name into the chat box so that people can see that. That's great. Um, that's a beautiful, that's really lovely. The I was thinking about it. Um, it's really, do we really realize the power of a group the power of a group mind. Yeah, I, you know, I, Steve, no, I'm convinced that we don't. And that's why it's so important to talk about this. Exactly. It is a birthright. It's in us, every single one of us. It's just a matter of finding it and focusing it. Exactly. And one of the things, listening to you, the, the thought that occurred to me was, how important did it like the value of esoteric work like triangles mm. is that it uses this power of thought mind instead of with concrete plans or concrete thoughts just with principles and laws and um mm -hmm. so even with uh, the thought let love take a step forward in the world of the human let us become more loving and, mm -hmm. and um, just that intent to strengthen principles of love in the world. To me, mm -hmm. That's such a powerful thing as we learn to, as we learn to develop that. And as you say, I love this idea that triangles is such a wonderful way to start learning about that because it's, you only learn it through practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah. When I first started with triangles, um, it, it it took me a while, as I'm sure it does everybody, to uh, kind of center center in myself and then find that direction to extend out and um, what that felt like and what that looked like. Um, but but over time, it becomes so second nature, and I think as triangles become second nature. Uh, that opens the doors to so many other projects using the power of mind for all yeah. of us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So and if, totally if, we, if we link that to, and then we'll open this up. So please, um, if you want to raise your hand, I know there's a lot of chats and we'll get onto that in a minute. And if anyone joined this conversation, you can um, just raise your hand and then we will 
um, open the com open open your microphone. Um, but the thought occurred to me that if we think of take like any profession or any field of service, whatever our field of interest, any field of art, and think of the group mind that is at the heart of and is pioneering the fresh, creative, new developments in that field. And in a way, the subjective um, work like triangles or any other group service through radiation, group service of mind, um, provides energies that support and nurture these more concretized group experiments in thought. You know, if we think of uh, any field of science, it's easy to see um, the group mind that is being built. Mm -hmm. Let's have a look at, at what... Um, So Simon, Simon Kender is looking for another member of a triangle. Um, that's, that's nice. So if anyone would like to form a triangle with Simon, um, he's given you his email there. You can write and link up. Isabel Kung really loved that um, poem and communication. Thanks, Jen. And Sarah, Sarah Murphy um, suggested that for folks to look at the research about the possibilities of united thoughts through the Global Consciousness Project, hmm. um, newosphere.princeton.org.edu. That's the that's where the um, what do you call them? The the there are there are little digital um, eggs all around the world that measure energetic flows when particularly in relation to events when sudden events happen and noticing human consciousness's response to those events. But there's a lot of work being done on that. That's, that's, thanks for pointing that out, Sarah. And you may want to tell us a little bit more about it. Um, be good to hear from you. Letitia's asked, where can that beautiful poem be found? Um, where did, where did you get it, Jen? Was it in a book? Is it somewhere online? In which case we could share the link. Yeah, it's both, Steve. It, it's in a book called Earth Prayers, which came out quite a while ago, um, like in, like 30 years ago. But <laughs> I also found it online. If you just Google a la Renee Bozart, uh, you'll, you'll be taken to a site okay. that lists many of her poems. Wonderful. Steve, Where is Sarah, she? Sarah, Sarah Murphy has her hand raised now, too. Oh, you, thank you. How come I'm not seeing You're that? welcome. And, and I did- Sarah, uh, Thank you. I got the notice to unmute myself. Just uh, a little bit about that uh, random, it's the random number generators and they're stationed in various places around the world. And then um, the researchers are looking to see if there's an anomaly in the randomness of the number patterns that are generated when there's mass attention on something. So uh, the most well-known is about around 9-11 when so much worldwide attention was placed there. I haven't seen the data recently, but other events that have really captured a lot of worldwide attention caused the numbers to become less random and more synchronous. Really interesting. It's hosted by the Institute of Noetic Sciences now. 
And mm. the HeartMath Institute has some research going on affiliated with this and another project where they have uh, heart rate variability monitors on people around the world and are finding how our hearts also beat in unison. So there's some really interesting stuff going on with these leading edge researchers. Mm, that's incredible. The HeartMath Institute does such wonderful work. It's in mm -hmm. interesting to think of like of the HeartMath Institute and that group of people who are really close to that institute for whom it's their life's work to think of the group mind, the radiation that comes through that group. Um, yes. It's a, it's an incredible thought. And to think of that, there must be so many of these sort of, they're actually in consciousness, they're points of tension. And for students of the esoteric work, you can also see them as the C group, expressions of the C group, where the um, ashram, the hierarchy is reaching into um, human consciousness. Sarah, can I ask a question about this? What, what is the source of the data? Like what, what are they basing it on? They're simple, simple machines that are just little simple computers that are generating eyes and O's, random random number generators. And it's been going on for decades. It used to be part of Princeton, but not sanctioned by Princeton University. Mm -hmm. And now it's moved on to a, a new home with ions and heart math. And what causes the change in the X's and O's? Just- That's the question. The mass, yeah, the mass attention. So there's just this preliminary data that's showing that when human attention is widely focused on something and that we're kind of all thinking together uh -huh. and the numbers become less random and they fall into like, patterns. Wow. So just some little physical sign of what we can do. Yeah, that, that is great. Nicole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, that's great. Absolutely. Thanks for your talk. It was great. Oh. Anyone else want to raise their hand? Let's have a look at the checkbox. Clint writes, um, is this thought substance electrical in nature, traveling through the ethers? Active, is it active intelligent substance? impulsed by the will of each individual. You know, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I, it, it's one of those questions, Clint, that I, I have a, a sense of, but I don't know. But I mean, we do know that thought is electricity. I think, I think we know this. Mm. So how that thought proceeds and extends out from us, I think is the, is the big question. Um, you know, there's a, there's a sense of magnetism involved in radiation as Steve was talking about. It's a combination of the both, I, I would imagine. But, you know, when we have a thought, it doesn't just stay confined in our skull. We, we know that there is an impact beyond us. So thoughts have to be thought of as a radiating energy, I would think. And then if you if we put enough of our thoughts together, radiating out 
um, they, they merge out in the, the greater world and create those bigger sparks. And I don't know, that's how I understand it, but it's a crazy fascinating thing to wonder <laughs> about. And um, I really want science to, to give us some visual visuals uh, to, that proves this very, very soon. I think we're on the verge. I think we are. Exactly. And maybe because that when we say, when you say, Clint, is it impulsed by the will of each individual? It's interesting to ponder what the will of each individual is, what it, what it is, what it means. So the way I look at that is to think of each individual who's thinking these thoughts, the degree to which they are self become selflessly immersed in the thought. Uh, that 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 is the will and the radiation of um, the radiation of higher energies comes to the degree to which there is a absorption in the pure essence of the thought, so that all the self of the the one who's thinking is um, disappears. And it's only the thought that is present. And that thought radiates. Mm. And, and, and as Jen, as you said, that like that's a great thing that um, if we think of thought as that which is the energy that drives um, action in the brain, mm -hmm. and, and, and as energy, it has mass. Mm -hmm. And as that thought becomes pure it's like it, it it reaches a point of intensity but intensity is the wrong word because when we think of intensity i when i think of intensity my mind goes to sort of i don't know areas of uncontrolled intensity uh -huh. or areas yeah. where something takes you over and an appetite right, right. or or um sort of fundamentalism and fanaticism mm -hmm. is an intensification but um, it's intensity where the energy of the thing itself that is the essence of what's being thought about becomes, reveals itself. And then it's that energy that radiates and does the, does the work and is such valuable service. Is it just the way you just described it, Steve? Um, it connects all the dots. You know, I think for a lot of us, when we do this work, there are missing sections, yeah. um, but we, we take it on faith and we, we, we have been taught and there are sources for the teaching that we trust, but to put it together the way you just did, it connects all the dots, which I think strengthens our ability to uh, work more aptly with energy, with our thoughts, with our minds, linking with others. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. important. Yeah, it's such lovely work. The, um, there's a note from Santana. Hi, Santana. Um, um, I think it's also important to work from soul and to think of the group mm -hmm. soul mm -hmm. as part of the new group of world service, doing this loving service work that's full of light and goodwill. That, I love that thought, um, Santana. That's exactly, that's how I see it too, that really... Because there's a beautiful idea that only certain numbers of people do triangles, but 
the network itself is a part of the deeper workers in the new group world servers. So the light that radiates from all truly selfless thinkers, you know, in, in any field, whether we call them spiritual or not, but if the truly selfless thinkers who are working with um, principles, with laws, with penetrating understanding, then the subjective work we do in triangles is sort of like working with the heart of, of that radiatory field of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it only makes sense to me if, if, if we lose even the sense of the triangles network itself in, the work, in, 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 in that which we are serving in, in, in this field of consciousness that is being transformed and irradiated. And it Steve, be, yeah. Oh, sorry, there's two hands raised. Oh, beautiful! There are indeed. Sam, Sam, oh. Sam uh, hello, and David. Yes. Hi, Sam. Hello, beautiful. Thank you, Steve and Jen. Um, I just wanted to say, um, remembering um, Rupert Sheldrake, who did um, uh-huh. a lot of experiments um, showing that people came up with um, solutions to problems the next day a lot easier than they did the first day sort of to, to prove exactly. telepathy and exactly yeah and his son merlin has gone on to do entanglement life right. um showing how all of nature is connected mainly right. through fungus actually of all things yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wonderful study by the family, so definitely part of the new group of world servers. (laughs) Oh, totally. I think Rupert's work is is just, um, it's played a quite radical role in helping scientific thinkers Mm. um, to to start looking at the field of energy Mm. and and sort of memories, these these memories. and the role that thought really can play. I, thanks for bringing that up, Sam. And mm, I agree. Sure. I mean, the, his, the, the, that the family, um, all four of them, in fact, um, mm. is a beautiful example of sort of just a family that's totally centered around service mm. in a deep way. Yeah. It'll be when when notes that it'll be interesting when the triangles group or Wagga Wagga cycle of conferences or global silent minister registers on the global consciousness project site. <laughs> That's true, and and part of that is starting to look for it. So those mm-hmm. who are involved in these eggs, which are just little computerized instruments um, around the world, start looking for these things. Dave. Do you want to unmute yourself, please? Can you hear me? Beautifully. Yes, uh, Alice Bailey's work, Esoteric Healing, has quite a discussion on electricity. Here's a little quote from it. There is nothing but electricity in manifestation. The mystery of electricity, which HPB referred into the secret doctrine, everything is electrical in nature. That's from Esoteric Healing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thanks, Thank Dave. That's, that's a very good reminder that everything is electrical and mm-hmm. thought is electrical. And what, like the whole of your talk in a way, Jen, um, it's describing an electrical phenomena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for that, um, Dave. That's great. Oh, and you've you've added it in the as a chat. That's very good. So we've got that quote there. Sarah, I know of a woman who hosted a meditation group to dampen the impact of a hurricane a number of years ago. She reported that the storm waned in intensity, <coughs> but eventually the group got tired and went to sleep. <laughs> storm gained power. Oh, dear. Um, makes me wonder how much our mass attention on storms and weather might impact them. The, there's interesting in the, for those who receive the walkable newsletter, in the last newsletter on climate balance, there's a report that, and if you look at some of the references there, about work being done by traditional, um, in, I'm just trying to think of whereabouts, I hate just referring to the continent of Africa, which is so many different countries and so many different cultures, and I can't think quite I think it's Kenya, actually. Um, and work being done by the um, Meteor National Meteorological Institute, together with traditional healers, what we would call um, um, the term, but traditional shamanic leaders in that tradition, and their work in predicting climate and affecting climate change. Um, and really beginning to bring the two together um, to consider the effect of thought on how that can impact climate and particularly how it can impact um, over past moving through drought. Hmm. It's, it's something that it's, it's very interesting to look into. Violet um, asks, it would be interesting to hear or share what triangles workers may have experienced during their triangle work. For example, my experience without my visualization has been to see various triangles flashing forth throughout the network. I think this is linked to soul and group connection and power. It's interesting. I mean, to my way of thinking that we should be very open to these images that come through and strike us because if the network is really alive there will also be like triangles that are working on specific projects that suddenly are alive and active it comes back to um sarah's point uh, about the measuring electrical changes in thought and where hum where human consciousness is focused um, and also changes in concern and depth of concern. Um, so that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense where particular triangles will be flashing forth. And also, if you think of the network as a whole, that will always, there'll be, there'll be little points, little triangles flashing, and the whole network carries those energies. You know, this is making me think of a kind of a long time question I have had about the presence of soul and how it manifests in our uh, our ability to be focused, um, to be one hundred percent, one hundred percent present and focused 
I think is to be standing in soul energy. And I think, it, I'm sure we've all had this experience where we've been 100% engaged in, an, in a, an event that's using our mind, our mind's power, um, and how, I don't know what the right words are, but how plugged in and complete we feel in those moments. Um, I believe this is the soul expressing through the human form. And I think that's when our, our radiatory power is at its strongest. So there's a deep corollary between the soul's presence and our ability to be present. And it, it is an act of the will. It is an act of the will. We have to pull our, our consciousness to exactly the point we want it. So it is a merging of our individual will and the, the greater whole or the greater soul. There is that, that meeting point. It's a, it's a merging. It's, it's a meshing that happens, but it does have to be instigated through our will first. I find this, the whole topic is um, really empowering just the, the our ability to be present, the power that our presence holds. Uh, I was joking with a friend the other day that we, I, I can't conceive of any higher being being spaced out. I just don't think it's part <laughs> of, you know, it's not part of the makeup of someone who is standing in their soul. So being fully present is, um, it's part of the soul journey in the human form, you know. Yeah, and it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing process where, and it is in fact consciousness learning through us how to be present. Because mm -hmm. in the way in which you're talking about it, being present in that way um, means that is self-forgetfulness because that's mm -hmm. when the the sort of the whole of the individual consciousness focus is lost in another focus, mm -hmm. which then we have the understanding is where our real self is focused, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that real self is, is by its nature a group. It's an incredible thought that as souls who come into incarnation, we come in as groups and, um, have group affiliations and in our incarnation we'll never know probably half half of the others in, in, in this soul group with a, in, involved in some particular um work um and as you say the and it but it requires a will to train the brain yes to have that presence yes and to me the very sort of throughout the west possibly not just the western world but the impact that mindfulness is having is a phenomenal sign of a not a mass but a very significant number of human beings in incarnation who are starting to engage in the work in, in 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 a way in which they can learn to begin to be present 
-hmm. And that's a phenomenal, you know, that's, that's of huge significance, I think. That's a sea change in the human evolution. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And, and particularly where that's becoming um, part of academic work, but not just academic work, but part of really serious thinking, serious scientific, subjective scientific thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's much more widely sort of practiced than we expect than we think. Kit, Kit has a note here that... Um, a few studies about the impact of group-focused TM, transcendental meditation, on calming energy, my choice of words, I don't know the official words, um, was done in Washington, D.C. <coughs> Excuse me. And the crime rate went down during the time a large number of people doing TM meditation together with peaceful calm. Hmm. That, that exactly, exactly. Hmm. Suzanne, Suzanne, the hundredth monkey concept where monkeys peel their mm -hmm. bananas far away, who learned it by telepathy, um, and perhaps we could say by instinctual telepathy. And um, we're, as human beings, we're learning, to, we're, we're learning to become telepathic to the higher energies, telepathic to the plan, telepathic to this huge drama of the human kingdom moving um, into an Aquarian age and Aquarian culture. What a unbelievable drama of the significance of the sort of Bhagavad Gita that each one of us is a part of. That's the thing. In, 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 so the stories of our own lives and the degree to which Clint, as you say, it is the degree to which we bring will into those lives. And then the degree to which we're open to the intuition. Each one of those moves into, each one of us moves into roles in this drama. Little small um, parts, little side parts in the, in the play that's being performed. Uh, but the group itself of all of the people who are consciously doing that, that group is a big player. It's like a star. It's one of the stars. Hmm. And we don't see that. Hmm. Matthew writes that the great power to influence the world towards a spiritually positive future when we meditate on resonance on a spiritual vision for the world. Hmm. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Sam um, asks about the cycle of conference. For those who are interested, who are not um, involved, the cycle of conference is, is a, um, it's an initiative of World Goodwills, again, using the power of thought, um, with a very simple visualization that focuses on specific international global conferences. The next conference is going to be, I think, the climate change conference in, um, Egypt, I think it's in, or maybe it's in Montreal. Um, and um, either that or the biodiversity conference, I don't have it, but we will shortly be sending a notice out about that. Sam, thanks for that reminder. Can Jen repost the name of the poet whose name you read? Jen, could you post that yeah. in the chat box? Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks. 
And Kathy, thanks. Catherine Davis, Davison reminds us, thank you, which I had a note to mention about the coming Wogable seminar, which is very, very soon. It's on the weekend of... Um, it's, it's on Saturday, the 29th of October. It's, it's, a, it's a terrific um, event because it's a global event. So it starts all on the 29th of October. It starts in Geneva, then follows through to a London and then finishes in New York. Um, and you, the, um, Catherine has placed the, a link um, for the seminar details for London on that same page. You can also see the details for the program in New York and in Geneva. Um, there are a really interesting group of um, speakers um, coming from all three centers. Um, and the um, so have a look on the on that website that um, Catherine has put into the into the chat, and I really hope that we'll see you then for that those series of broadcasts. So depending on what time you are um, in the world, if you're in the, if you're in the states, it's easier to pick up the New York event, which is from one to four p.m. Eastern time. Um, it, it, the London event, which is just before that is from two to five um, British summertime. And um, then before that, Geneva is 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central European time, which is very early in the morning for, um, for the States. But depending where you live on the world, um, and then those will all be available on archive broadcasts very soon afterwards. So thank you, everyone. I think we're getting toward the to the end of the we need to end this call. Um, many thanks to you, Jen. That was a really lovely, um, a really interesting, um, wonderful talk. I see um, Catherine's mentioned David Nichols' book. That's very appropriate on subtle activism, um, which is really what Triangles is. But David's done a quite scientific review of all the literature on subtle activism. So it's worth having a look at that note from Catherine. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you, everyone. That's good. And see you next week for the next week's, next week's edition of the Triangles webinar. Thank you, everybody. Let's just have a minute together where we are consciously present this group life. Thank you, everybody. Look forward to seeing you next week and then I hope we'll see many, many, many of you at the Goodwill Seminar. Bye. <laughs>